what a weekend. It's pretty good. What'd you guys do? <laughs> um, enjoyed myself yeah. on Saturday night. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. So the best part about this, I the feeling of just relaxation that washed over me. And I think a lot of Leaf fans that I talk to anyways. And, and again, Jobo, the crazy thing about this for you is mm-hmm. this is the first time in your life the Leafs have been out of the first round. Like, yes, you were a two-year-old child. Yeah. Congratulations. I was three the last time. Yeah, okay. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I was Joe, to... Joe, no, I know. But it, yeah. at least you don't do the thing that Tavares does where Tavares claims that his first sports memory was watching Gilmore. <laughs> oh, I have no <laughs> memory dad. of. Yeah. And Tavares... <laughs> I love you, buddy, especially now, all right? <laughs> but there is no way. Like, that is a memory that gets imposed on you, right? That a parent yeah. tells you. It was like you were sitting up with us and you were watching the game, and yeah. he's like, no, 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 that was my foundation. It's like, nah. Yeah. I'm sure you were aware, but you definitely weren't locked into that game paying attention going, that's a good cycle. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Strong on the four check. child. I think he was eight years old. That's a big move of a lot of people, right? They go, I was a fan since X. And it's like... Not really. I think that you really can start to say you were a sports fan of something when you're like 10 to 12. That's yeah, usually when it hits when you start to go, yeah, I remember actually a player on a team that I loved. Mm-hmm. And yeah, whatever. Who cares if you don't really know? You were starting to play sports and you were starting to pay attention. You got your first Toronto Maple Leafs yeah. playoff win. Yeah, and I did it. And I got to celebrate it with all my friends who are all the same age as me. Yeah. It was the first time any of us had ever seen it. And we were like, my friend Owen was like, virgins. what do we do? <laughs> That's amazing. I love that so much. Okay, but this is why I want to start the day with this, okay? I feel relaxed, and all of a sudden I feel excited to watch Maple Leafs hockey again, which is such an incredible feeling because anybody, I think anyways, Mm -hmm. that is over Jobo's age just feels angst watching these games. It's just torture. A sense of looming dread. The (laughs) idea that the Leafs were going to have to play a game seven and you were going to have to sit through that and pretend as though... That was in any way going to be an enjoyable experience? (laughs) For sure. Like, did anyone have fun during game six in that first period when the Leafs were getting outplayed and you finished the period and they were tied and Elliot Freeman's on the panel going, and Boston's probably going to get two cheap power plays because the Leafs got two and didn't do anything with them. And you're just sitting there going, I hate this. (laughs) This sucks. Why do I do this to myself? Why do I enjoy this? I'm sitting there. This is why it's so great that Leaf fans are getting rewarded with this. And other fan bases, it's so funny because they go, Leafs fans being so overconfident because they won a first-round playoff series. <laughs> all those other fan bases have done for the last 20 years is talk all that noise. Noise, 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 right? Oh, give it, give it, give it. What's the worst person to hang out with? The person who loves to dish it out and can't take it back. Mm-hmm. How many people have you stopped hanging out with because they're like that? You know, you just go. There's a list. There's a list. They're teasing you. They're joking around. And then all of a sudden you give it back a little. And then they go, look, oh, and then they escalate it. And you go, whoa. (laughs) It becomes personal somehow. You have to wonder, did I do something bad? I thought this guy was ripping me for like 20 straight minutes. And then I gave back a slight jab and he went meltdown mode. That's the rest of the hockey world with this whole leaf fans celebrating it like it's your Stanley Cup. You made it this way. Yeah. You chirped every single Leaf fan nonstop, nonstop. So I'm here today to tell you, Toronto Maple Leaf fans, if you're not doing it already, talk that talk. 
bring that noise. Everybody always said, like, talk to me when you get out of the first round. And what yeah. do you have? So guess talk. what? Talk it. <laughs> talk, 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 talk. Because guess what, baby? <laughs> There's a path, and the world knows it. The hockey world is shaken in their boots. They absolutely know what is on the table now. Boston Bruins, <laughs> choke, <laughs> dead. I'm watching Jim Montgomery up there at the podium twiddling his thumbs. Oh, we tried hard. We felt as a group. He's throwing his goalie coach under the bus. What a loser. Oh, yeah, it wasn't me. It was the goalie coach that made the decision. Oh, we were a bunch of losers. Oh. <laughs> Poor Flames fans today. Pour one out. Leafs are hot, making a run. And you have the decision to cheer for the guy who stabbed you in the back, <laughs> Kachuk, or the Maple Leafs. What a deadly position those guys are in as they watch Edmonton go on to the second round as well. A year after they lost to the Oilers. I'm pretty sure Calgary might just have to fold the city up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they just have to shut her down. It's done. Calgary is on the brink right now. They are in trouble. It is troublesome times in the city of Calgary. Who do they even root for at this point? No, th that's what I, you know what they root Nobody. for? Silence. <laughs> they root for everyone in the town. Don't say a word about anything ever. All right? No eye contact. Just go to work, do your job, go home, watch Netflix, and pretend like the outside world. It's a quiet place there. <laughs> a quiet place. Yeah, it's a quiet place in Calgary. Where's John Krasinski? They are not talking. It is hurting. Boston choking. My God, what a moment, too. i, I got to admit something to you. I wanted the Bruins. Mm, I was I was I gonna too. I'm trying to say that this curse stuff like be confident talk that noise enjoy this moment because finally you get to stand up tall about the hockey team and feel like holy crap you know what is this what other teams feel like optimism that everything won't go wrong <laughs> confidence in their team joy from sporting experiences celebrations wow this is a good refreshing feeling this is something new I'm enjoying this Good times to be had. Sports. Kind of remember why I got into them. Because <laughs> starting to, it, it's all coming back to me. I'm waking up from a 20-year coma going, huh, right. This was good. Enjoyable times. Hell yes. Panthers, Leafs. I just saw game one is Tuesday. I figured it would be. I didn't see, when did this get released? This morning? I saw it last night. Okay, it was last night because I was searching for it. I was looking for yeah. gambling stuff and I was saying, oh, what's the series prices? Because mm -hmm. let's be honest here. Leafs are favorites. <laughs> Unquestionably. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, I was kind of rooting for the Bruins and I went, man, slay all the demons at once. And then I realized what an idiot I was. That was a little idiotic where I went, here I am trying to build my perfect Stanley Cup run after 20 years of just praying for them to get out of the first round, <laughs> one day later, I'm sitting there dreamcasting my perfect wedding. <laughs> when I'm a schlub, when I'm Shrek living in a shack, and I'm on the swamp just thinking, oh, if I could just get married in a castle to a princess, that would be great. So you don't get to do that, okay? You take what you can get, and that is the Florida Panthers. That is with you having home ice advantage on Tuesday night against a team that is clearly inferior to you. I'm sorry, they are. And again, talk that talk. Feel that way. If you're still afraid and you're still cowering in the corner and going, I'm afraid to say anything about the Leafs. Stop. This is what it was so bad. This is why this is so refreshing that Toronto was able to get this done and actually move forward. Is that the existential crisis that the Leafs fans were having, it wasn't fun anymore. 
It wasn't cute. None of this was cute. The losing in the first round thing, the Stanley Cup drought, that's a championship thing. A lot of cities go through that, right? That's a very common thing in sports. A lot of teams do it. They get over the hump. Boston, Chicago, those fan bases never thought it was going to happen for them. Could happen for Toronto too, but first round, to have it be 20 years of not getting out of the first round, it was breaking people. Yeah. We were snapping at each other over the slightest things. Yeah. People be like, I think the Leafs have it. Look at my Instagram comments sometimes. It's like, yeah, by the way, go follow me on Instagram at JDMungus. Thank you very much. Go like the content. <laughs> Same with Twitter. But you would make, a, you would say, I did one thing with Myrtle last week, who's coming on in a couple of minutes here. Actually, call him now, boys. Um, I did a thing with him a couple of weeks ago where I was like, hey, the Leafs should be favored in the series, right? It's a pretty big disappointment if they don't beat a Tampa team that's limping into the series, kind of mm-hmm. beat up and not having played their best hockey for two months and Toronto haven't played. People are like, you jinxed it. You cursed it. Oh, my God. We're dead. That was every Leaf fan. I yeah. moved out of my chair when we had the lead. Oh, my God. It's over. I like that stuff, that superstitious fan stuff. I've always been somebody who has a little bit of the dalliances with the supernatural when it comes to sports, <laughs> right? That's fun. I'm into rally caps and I'm into sure. fan traditions, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But Toronto's had gotten to a sickening place yeah. where everybody's just blaming each other. Fans are freaking out. Turn it on it's each the other. media's <laughs> fault. It's the fans' fault. It's like, can we just point to the fingers at the players who are making a bunch, bunch of money? Like, no, you're putting too much pressure on them. That's what's cracking them. We're losing our minds here. People had gone off the reservation completely out of their minds here. And now you just get to relax just a little bit and be excited for playoff hockey. You get to play a Florida Panthers team that is already putting restrictions on their ticket sales because they know. Oh, oh, they know. <laughs> Lee fans are going to be filling that building up. The Snowbirds and the drunken golf fans are going to be looking to light up that building. Yeah. I even Sunrise Arena? No, the Sunrise Florida. I it's know. FLA Live Arena. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. In Sunrise, Florida, yeah. It's going to be F you, you know what I'm it's saying? It's right beside Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> arena. Yeah. Soon. <laughs> T-O-R live arena. Yeah, they are done. <laughs> they are in big time annoying trouble. Those Leaf fans are firing down there, and they're going to have to do their damnedest to try to keep people out. They're going to have to do their damnedest to make sure that it's not 50-50. Anyways, talk that talk. Enjoy this moment. Look forward to the hockey games. I'm glad people were lighting fireworks off at Young. I'm glad somebody slapped a police horse, apparently. <laughs> Bold move, slapping a police yeah, I horse. Know. I don't like animal violence at all. but Except. No. <laughs> this one case. No, but I like to think about what was going through that guy's mind. <laughs> he was so excited that he did like he that. He smacked a horse. He smacked a horse, and the cops must have been like, Man, you could have done anything down here except that. <laughs> you really, that's pure hedonism. Yeah. He was like, I'm doing whatever I feel like. <laughs> we gave you one line yeah. in your cross. Slap a horse. Bremner sign, gone. to yeah. like 48 dudes <laughs> to get they one kept, sign they down. They just kept pulling But they it. got her down. Where does this like rank amongst your favorite sports fan moments? Yeah. Um, well, again, where it ranks for me is pretty high, but that's just because I feel elated for the fan base. Yeah, It, it really does excite me that a guy like Jobo gets to see what a second sure. round is and that we can stop just over-celebrating regular season accomplishments because they're all the fan base has. Yeah, That, that anger, that hostility, that volatility that Leaf fans have, that existential crisis that I'm talking about, about feeling actually cursed and 
self-blaming to a toxic level and blaming others to a toxic level should dissipate at least a little bit. Again, they choked to Florida, and I'm sure a lot of this stuff's going to come back up and whatever, but at least for a week here, Toronto yeah. Maple Leaf fans can feel something positive and just, yeah, I to me, I really did. I felt like there was a weight lifted off my shoulders, and 100%. I don't care about this hockey team the way that I used to, right? Like, I don't care about the players like I did when I was a kid and Curtis Joseph leaves town and I cry in a grocery store. <laughs> like, that's gone. <laughs> but those little pieces of me that remember, and I, I say this all the time, but there are so many connections I have to people through this hockey team. And through the sport itself, through sports themselves. Mm-hmm. I know I got to know my grandfather better and have a different relationship with him because of the Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Same with my dad. Like, same with my brother, who was thrilled about that win. So it's that kind of stuff. I think about all those people in the city that have just been eating it over and over and over again from every other fan base who actually got to have their time. And that's what I'm saying. Talk it. Enjoy this moment. You've had to eat it for 20 years. The 67 chant will still be sitting there waiting for you. Don't worry about it. But the first round chant is gone. Anyways, James Myrtle, senior managing editor at The Athletic. Good morning, sir. Sorry I'm a little later than I told you I was going to be. I was in a ranty mood today. I had a lot of trash talk, 20 years of talking trash built up in in my heart. I get it. You got to get the horse slapping. I mean, that's just, that's bigger than having me on. So, Dude. Why? Can you imagine? Like, what is the situation there? <laughs> like, he's just, well, he's staring I mean, it down? <laughs> that's, that situation down there was not my scene. I, I made the bold decision to park my car on the street for game five. So I'm, thankfully it didn't end then because I don't know how I would have got home. And if my car would have been in one piece. Dude, you're from out west. You should have known better. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. You already got the not, I don't want to say the dry run in this because you got the the run, the real run. That's the dry run is game five. But yeah, you should have known better than to, to do that. I loved seeing it. I actually thought it sucked. To be, that's the only thing about doing Leafs talk. I finish and we go an hour later. And then by the time uh, McKee and I try to mobilize to go get a beer, obviously the celebrations have cooled down to a certain degree. But I actually also want to say shout out to the city of Toronto for not doing anything too crazy. It didn't feel like, like, again, if one police horse getting slapped is the worst we did, kudos. I didn't see any stories about burnt up cars or broken shop windows or anything stupid like that, right? And there was a lot of youths out there, all right? I saw the youths (laughs) around full force. That poor one reporter who had a big uh, hissy fit and cried because he tried to interview guys wearing blue face paint who were 19 years old, buckled, trying not to puke, and he's scolding them not to swear. I went, buddy, maybe do your job a little bit better. Uh, But yeah, I thought pretty much good celebration for Leaf fans. All right, so... Yeah, do you know where I want to start, James? This is why. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> this this is where history goes to the victors, right? This is truly, truly, truly an example of that because so much of this series, Toronto gets outplayed, right? And I'm sitting here reflecting this morning, and I'm getting ready to put together all my takes, and I go, I want to talk to you about like the biggest individual legacy winner for the Leafs in round one, right? And there's so many options here, despite the Leafs mostly being outplayed in the series, right? Like. You're going to look back on this five, ten years from now and not remember that the Leafs were outshot or outplayed in most of the periods of these games. You're just going to remember that they had comebacks, that they had gritty overtime wins. And then you're going to look at the stats and see Austin Matthews had five goals and Marner had 11 assists and Tavares scored the walk-off winner and Morgan Riley stepped up and Dubas's trade pieces were all there. Like, tell me I'm wrong. This is just going to be a great look back for history for this franchise. Yeah, we did report cards at for the series uh, at the Athletic, just grading everybody, and there's not there's not very many bad grades. I mean, there was a lot of 
it, despite what you're talking about, sort of, the, yep. and, and I, the thing I would say too, JD, is I think the outplaying part is a little bit overblown because you know, like the Leafs, yes, they got badly outplayed at the beginning of Game Four, but then they were great at the end of Game Four. And if you look at territorially, the Tampa had the puck more than they did, but I think that when it mattered, the Leafs were really, really good, and they had the big equalizer too. That Sam Stoff was better than Vasilevsky, so you know he's he's part of the team. So. Um, I think that they deserved they deserved to win the series. So, I, I don't think that this was I don't think this was them stealing a series mm. okay. by any means. Yeah, is what I would say. I, but, I, but to, I think that's fair because here's the thing too. I, I talked about how Leaf fans are allowed to talk trash today because everyone kept saying, like Simon made the point of people go, "Hey, talk to us when you get to the first round," and you go, "Okay, well now is that time." For years, when the Leafs would lose those playoff series, people would go, "That's because you don't know how to play playoff style hockey," and blah blah blah. And then so <laughs> Leafs win playoff style hockey games. And now it's like, "Oh, well, you yes, got to play." It's like, "Yeah, shut up." How about that? That's my counter to that argument. Is what I would say. They absolutely did. Yeah. Yeah, if you yeah, they they I mean they got they got the gritty goals basically all of them. I mean, like look at the Tavarsko, they win 2-1 yeah. in overtime of a deciding game. I mean, it doesn't get more playoffy than that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I think to answer your legacy question, I mean, I think everybody stepped up and answered the questions. Mm-hmm. Everybody, even Sheldon Keefe, who was taking a ton mm-hmm. of heat after Game Five. Yeah, I know you're probably going to dispute that lower, one, but look, much lower. I, I I think that's quite a the first name to pull out of the hat, as I would say, is like. No, yeah. I'm just saying, like he's one that I think people might dispute. But mm-hmm. you look at the changes he made for Game Six, and you look at how his team came out and played and, and won. You know, I think that. You know, he had a lot of questions to answer about his his playoff readiness or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And and he ended up out battling John Cooper. Now John Cooper had you know, some of his weapons were, were missing and, and was you know, his personnel wasn't the same, but you know, Sheldon Keefe did adjust and did find a way to to win the series. So um, you know, other than Justin Hall and, and Michael Bunting taking the suspension, mm-hmm. there there weren't that many negatives on this team like all their all the least best players played pretty well dude i actually feel for justin hall so much because again if we're doing this look back historically right the other thing that these guys have is the whipping boy funnel which is there's just justin like even if you're bunting and took the suspension he's got time to really rewrite that narrative and ultimately there's going to be some Leaf fans, and you, I'm sure you've heard it too, that go, well, he arguably had one of the biggest impacts in the entire series, right? Like, he injured one of their most crucial players. And so... The, what? the thing for me too, Bunting was fantastic in Game 6. Yeah, he was. Like he, he had jumped, he was he had legs. really, really good. He yeah. almost scores there yeah. with the one he puts off, like the elbow there or the crossbar or whatever. Like, he was, he was all over the ice. And yeah. they just, they had... They needed guys to come out and and really take it to Tampa, and he was one of them in the first half of that game. 100%. I thought that they were pretty tentative in the first period, and people were arguing whether or not it was a road playoff game or whatever the hell. Um, I I did not like how the Leafs started that game on the road against Tampa, especially considering they had just had slow starts all series long. But Bunting was clearly one of the guys that was flying around and actually making things happen. And you did wonder, hey, you know what? Now he's not worn down. He does have that extra energy. He pumped one off that crossbar at 120 miles per hour. 
yeah, he was he was quality in that game. But the Hall point is just simply guy has been a whipping boy all year long and mm-hmm. does all the dirty work. And then now when we look back on this series and you go through the checklist of everybody gets the nod of, hey, and that was good. And everything gets the rewrite. The one thing that stays there is, and then when they finally took Justin Hall out of the game, yeah. they were able to slay the demons and look at his on ice goals against. It's just, a, it's a tough one for the guy. I do feel for him a little bit here. Um, to me, the biggest individual legacy winner. I went back and forth on this. I thought there were so many different guys that you could go through, but, but ultimately I, I think if, if you go with players, I think it's Matthews just cause he's the best player on the team. There's a little bit of Tavares. I thought was the case because he does score the game winner that we're all going to remember. And now it's like such a moment that it does feel like, damn, all the criticisms, just he gets criticized more than Matthews does, right? I think that a lot of people want to point the finger at him more. And so for the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs, a guy that people like to quietly take shots at and basically there doesn't feel like a strong connection between the city and its captain at a lot of times, the way that it does with some of the other players. I do think that there's a strong case for him. Ultimately, I do think it's Matthews, but I keep coming back to this is just a series. This is just a win for Dubas. Like he's the one who decided to keep the core together He's the one that bolstered them up with basically perfect pieces that all had this incredible impact on the organization. He hit on the lottery ticket goaltender in Samsonov that was Sterling in the series. Like, it's hard for me not to just look at this one as who's gets the biggest W and it's the front office guy. Yeah. No, well, and you factor in that he doesn't have a contract, right? Like He's, you know, like, and it's not just him. It's like all the people that he's hired and it's like the whole apparatus that he's built there that that's invested in this team like when you're when you're hanging around like there's there's all these people whose livelihoods were with the Leafs were riding on that series and it came through for them so that's you know that emotion that you see from Kyle Dubas when he's yelling at fans or when he's celebrating at the end of the series or whatever I mean there's there's a he's been here nine years Mm mm-hmm Nine years he's been, he was 28 years old when he was hired. It's been most of his, or a huge percentage of his adult life has been invested in trying to turn this thing around. When he, when Dubas got to Toronto, they were a laughingstock franchise. They were a disaster. They were a complete mess. And it's taken nine years for them to win around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can imagine, like, I mean, is there anything you've put nine years into and it's, started at the bottom and it's it's turned around i mean it's that has to feel pretty amazing so i i think that the narrative around dubas probably changes more than anybody else right like you know the players the players were all going to get additional chances even if not in toronto then somewhere else and you know and i think dubas would too but sure this just extends the window for him here like i have a hard time to see seeing him leaving now um you know, he's going to get multiple kicks at the can, it feels like, in Toronto now mm-hmm. with different iterations of this roster. And, you know, the nine years is going to become something a lot more than that. I, I completely agree with just about everything you said. I think it was a really good way of putting it. And it's why I came to him in terms of the biggest legacy winner is his was just completely defined and over if they lose. Right. Matthews probably comes back next year unless he demands a trade, which seems given the nature of the sport and the market hard to believe. They maybe trade one of the guys of the core, probably Nylander. Right. He ends up getting traded out of town. 
but ultimately people will look back on him fondly and I think that there would still be people here that would just be reluctant to blame him and that would be furious that he was one of the guys that got traded, whatever. You don't have to play. Tavares, people are disappointed with his play, but he's still here for the remainder of his contract. He's got a no movement clause and a contract. Two more years. Yeah, pretty untradeable anyways. Um, same with Morgan Riley. Like that wasn't, he's not getting traded there. Like are, is Ilya Samsonov's legacy the biggest step back if he lets in bad goals and loses? No, it was Kyle Dubas. There was finality to it. He loses, he's gone, and that's it. He had seven years with an incredible core, and he was just the one guy that was not able to see, quote-unquote, that they just had that loser gene and that he wouldn't give up on it and that he wouldn't move off of one of the guys and that his vision, the we can and we will, was a just complete and abject failure. There's no way around it. You couldn't possibly defend it. It would have been what it was. And now he gets determined, obviously, off way more than just winning a playoff round, right? Like, things... Uh, get called into question depending on what happens the rest of this playoff series here. But I think I'm with you in that. Like what would have to happen now for his job security to be called into question? Do they have to get swept by Florida? They lose in five to Florida. Like, do you think that there is still a scenario on the table where people will be advocating for a front office change now? Mm, I mean, he's got, detractors who are never going to move off their position, right? Yeah, like, but I mean, I'm not talking about irrational people that are... There's saying, a lot yeah. of them, though. I mean, there's uh, a... There's, it's a pretty big... Stop reading big... the bro. It's, it's, yeah, it's... You're reading the, the psychos. Like, just relax. Like, it's just like a... Have you talked to a real, live human being who's like, he has to go? Like, no, that's the Twitter thing, right? Like, that's a... What's that I'm one? sure... I'm sure if they got swept in round two, that there yeah, would be... That's what I mean. There would be people that were, that were upset. It's got to but... be an extreme situation. I mean, I think the th- what could play out here with Dubis is that if if there's another team interested, I mean, Pittsburgh seems like mm-hmm. you know they could there could be a bully offer involved, right? Like there could be something that's like you know, and I mean, uh, but if Kyle you know, Dubis leaves Toronto to go to Pittsburgh after he finally gets a win, and it, it's like yeah. you're the biggest loser of all time. Like there's no <laughs> it, that's worse. No, than but what Kawhi I'm saying is the least have to step up over. and the least have to step up and commit like big time sure. on term and term and dollars and all of that. Yeah, like that's that's potentially what they're facing. But uh, but I think they will honestly. I, I think that that's yeah. basically right there. That's on the table. And and here's even more reason for it and why I think you do stick with them is, man, Boston. What? Hold on. I have this written down, but I think Boston now has what picks committed to the next two years. After I know they have a dead cap hit of four and a half million dollars next year. Bergeron yeah. very likely to retire based on him crying during the handshakes and the ways that Whoa. his teammates were receiving him. And yeah, they've mm-hmm. got unrestricted free agents at the wazoo and they're missing their, their prospect fr- pool is is completely depleted terrible yeah. and the same with tampa too yeah. i mean like so the atlantic's gonna entirely turn over here like you look yes. at you look at buffalo coming and and you look at you know probably detroit i i maybe montreal gets bedard ottawa's putting together something interesting there they're ottawa's going to be flush with money here once they have mm-hmm. the sale they're probably going to have new leadership there it's the Atlantic's going to be fascinating and it's going to be, but there's probably a window here where, you know, the Leafs can step up and, yep. and move into that top spot for a couple more years. Exactly. They still have all their players in their prime. And now you're really hoping in the monkey off their back theory, right? That now you're going to be able to take this success and roll it into more success, even if it isn't winning a cup this season. But yeah, Boston, no first, no second, no fifth this year. Uh, obviously they're first owned by Toronto and now moved up to 28th, which is going to be, 
Toronto does keep that pick. What a sweet moment that's going to be. Uh, dra- drafting Boston's pick, the losers who choked, uh, the Leafs who were not choking dogs like the Bruins, who passed the torch to the Bruins as the choking franchise. Uh, no first, no second, no third next year. Um, yeah, that dead cap it too. Boy, it's just, it's hard to be optimistic about the Bruins. That is just a shattering loss. It's so good. It's so unbelievably good that that happened to them. I'll love it till the day I die. Um, it will actually be one of, you know, Simon asked me what my favorite sport memory was earlier. It was like maybe Boston blowing that three, one lead. Like it's up there. It's definitely not, not on the list of top 15 sports memories. I'm a, I like being bitter and mean. So I'm into that, but okay. Yeah. I think that ultimately what we've come to the conclusion that is, yeah, Dubas, this is a huge legacy swing for him. This is a huge swing in terms of his prospects moving forward. Um, and yeah, it's really, really hard to envision the Leafs at this point going through something that is going to cause for people asking for major roster and front office upheaval. Like that's where I think we're landing there. Okay. So moving forward. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to discuss from that series or you want to move forward to the next one? No, I think it, I think it's, I mean, it starts tomorrow, so we might as well get onto it. Right. Like it feels, yeah, it does. I, I do wish that there was like a little bit more time to enjoy it. It's a, although this is where being new to playoff success, you're like, oh, wait, they play the games now right away. We don't get a week to party about this. I thought there'd be another day. Like it's, it's really, uh, yeah. but you need I to have the Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Yeah. And then they yeah, have I... Oilers on Wednesday. So you figure you can't have those two teams on the same night, right? Like they don't, they don't want to have the bleed in audiences from those two things. They, well, it feels like they would like to have the Canadian ones split up. They're they're trying to pack all these games in too, right? Like the playoffs started pretty late. When did they start? The fourteenth or something like that? And they've got to get it in. Free agency's back to July one, so they've they've got to pack it all in before the draft. So it's going to be there's not going to be a lot of gap here between the various rounds. Yeah. So roster machination standpoint against Florida, I said on Leafs talk if it was the Panthers, I'd go back to Marner Matthews. I'm mm. I'm not I'm not sure I feel the same way waking up today. But what do you do? Because I think it's pretty clear you're you're rolling most of the same players into the next game, but you're not doing eleven and seven. Uh, that's gone. I, I no. I'd actually be pretty shocked if we saw the Leafs do eleven and seven again all playoffs. Um, I think that was a one-time desperation move thing. Um, but where are you at just in terms of lines, roster machinations? Any changes for you outside of that configuration? I I would. Definitely on the road, I would split up Matthews and Marner. I think I would split, keep them split up. Mm-hmm. I just Barkov is Barkov is he's the guy you got to worry about now, right? Like he's going to, regardless of, and I don't think he had that big of a, an offensive impact against the Bruins. He's mm-hmm. so good defensively. He's fantastic, and he's the kind of guy that can neutralize Matthews. So, you know, I, I think part of why the Leafs looked better at the end of the series against Tampa was splitting those guys up. And Cooper was just like, well, now what do I do? You know, I can't, I can't, I can't stop both these guys. I don't have two Sorelli's. So I got to make some hard decisions. And, you know, he was kind of trying to use Sorelli against both of those lines, which is a hard thing to do. Um, the Leafs become a matchup nightmare. If you've got Marner and Matthews on the, on different lines. So I would do that. I would keep Lilgren in the lineup and play him with Giordano because I thought Giordano looked a lot better in game six. I thought Lilgren looked real, real solid mm-hmm. for a guy that hadn't played in a long time. Um, I, I put Yarncroft down in the bottom six. Um, I, I sit Sam Lafferty. Aston Reese comes back in. Mm-hmm. Build a gritty fourth line that you only play nine or ten minutes. 
get Bunting back and put into the top six, and I feel pretty good about what my group looks like. So it sounds like what you're saying is put Bunting back with Matthews and mm-hmm. put Nyes with Nylander, or sorry, with Marner and Tavares. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I'm, that's yep. where I'm at too. I was a little worried about Nyes slowing down a bit in the series. Like I, I did, I did have a feeling of, okay, maybe the going from a college schedule to playing NHL playoff games is a little bit harder than you are making it seem at first, Mr. Number 23. That there is a bit of a wear and tear effect, but yeah, there's just no question that he's staying in the lineup and you're going to check that out for a little while. All right. So this matchup against the Panthers, it's, I'm sorry. I know that Florida came back. I know that they played great. Uh, It still feels like it was more about Boston. They couldn't get a save. They clearly got tight in moments in the series. Like, yeah, you can't tell me watching that game seven that the first period they weren't that um, you can't tell me that they weren't that in overtime. You can't tell me that they weren't that in game six, moments in game five. Swayman was dreadful. Like, it was a horrible choice to go to him. I don't know if they had another choice to make, but it was a bad choice. It just did not work out for them. But, yeah, how – like, what what do you make of this matchup in general? Like, how these two teams fit up, match up once or against each other stylistically? Because, yeah, this just – this does feel like you go through the checklist, and I'm I'm having trouble finding spots where I think Florida's better. Yeah, but they're a good team, though. Like that's okay, a really sure, good. They there. they had they had 122 points last year, yeah. and their roster is not that much different than it was last season. I mean, the Kachuk factor is obviously huge, but I like Florida's team. I mean, I I watched them a lot this year. I had a couple of the guys in my pool. They're 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 a fun team to watch. They're one of the they're one of the few teams in the league that can match the Leafs offensively. Like they score a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, the the tough thing for them, they ran into injuries this year. Ekblad missed a big chunk of the season. Who knows what you're going to get in goal? Like Bobrovsky is like mm-hmm. a massive wild card. If Bobrovsky, Bobrovsky is one of those guys that can be really, really good for stretches. Really, really good. And he can also be terrible, you know. So, like, he's such an X factor that I don't know what you're going to get there. But the Panthers also have lots of guys that just have a very low profile around the league who are good. Mm-hmm. Like, they've they've got they've got a lot of grit and I mean, you're right. I mean, the Leafs, like if you're, if you're going head to head through all the various positions, the Leafs have more depth and they have more high end talent. They do. But I think this is going to be a close series. And I think it's going to be a long series. I do not think that this is a pushover team. Mm. I said to not be uh, afraid of the jinxy stuff. And I know I'm going to make people cringe here. I, I think this is going to be Leafs five, six max. I don't think we're looking at seven games. I don't think that Florida is going to beat them. I think that Toronto is going or should be looked at favorites that way. I know that my picks gambling wise will reflect that. (laughs) I will be putting down uh, some Leafs and five, some Leafs and six bets as well. I like Florida too. I think a lot of what you said is true. I feel like guys like Carter Hagee, they're going to get, you know, real pop in this series, right? Where people, the world's going to have to take notice of some of these guys. Kachuk is obviously terrifying, dangerous, had a massive series against Boston and is going to piss Leaf fans off to absolutely no end. Um, Yeah. There's going to be stuff that Florida does well, but Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I just, the Bobrovsky up and down thing is very real to me. Like, even watching that game seven where he let the one in and I go, oh, playoff Bob is here, you know? And I don't think of playoff Bob as lights out stud. I think of him as choker, right? 
And their blue line, I don't know if their penalty kill, how they're going to match up against Toronto's power play. It feels like a huge swing in the series, huge X factor in the series. Like if they take any penalties at all, they're going to be in big, 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 big trouble against Toronto. Um, Yeah, I just don't think that they're stylistically built as well for the playoffs as Toronto is. I like their star players, but I don't think that they have as much skill to match Toronto. The blue line clearly tilts in Toronto's favor. And like I said, I just, I keep going through the checklist and I say, Find me the areas where we're conclusively feeling like Florida's better. Even with the forwards in the offense, you go, yeah, they match up with them. And I agree. And maybe they will be more competitive than I am giving them credit for. I just, this just has to feel like, man, Toronto, if you're looking at this, the way that this first round broke down, Colorado out, Boston out, you already beat Tampa Bay. You get to face Florida. Who's left? Like the Kraken get to be here. The Kraken. Awesome. I'm proud of them. I'm happy for them. I obviously, if anybody listens to me, I have an affinity for the city of Seattle, but yeah, Colorado out, Boston out. It just, it feels like everything has broken their way. And so do not blow this opportunity against Florida. And yeah, I, I think that they, they should be able to handle this team at this point. Well, I mean, not to also be jinxy, although I don't think I can be jinxy given I'm not, not a Leafs fan, but yeah. the, the projections on our site, for the rest of the way, the Leafs are the cup favorites and they're pretty substantial cup favorites. I think yeah. they're at 25% to win or something like that. And then number two was Edmonton and was it Vegas? I can't remember. The other two yeah, teams definitely are like 16%. the winner of that series is going to be because yeah, yeah crack, a crack in Dallas. Boy, you got like, I love hockey. That's going to be lower on the dial. That's <laughs> the priority <laughs> level of that series. Not like I saw, uh, I think it was, man, who was it that tweeted? Uh, uh, damn it. I'm forgetting who did the tweet of Rupe Hintz's first round highlights. They were mm. incredible. Did you see he's them? Good. He's oh, good. My. No, I didn't. I didn't see that, but he's fantastic. Dude, go do yourself a favor. Everyone listening to this today, go look at Rupe Hintz's highlights from the first round of the playoffs. You would think that they compiled his entire season. That it wasn't just the one series against the, it's one series against the wild. It is phenomenal. And it was the tree falls in the forest thing where I went, poor Rupe Hints. Nobody knows that this happened. Nobody no, wild knows. Fans know. Wild fans know that's it. The people of Minnesota are aware. Every other market is like, I have no idea who you are, sir. He could walk. You think Rupe Hints walks into any restaurant in Toronto and people are like, right this way, Mr. <laughs> Hints? Like, no shot. Well, it's funny, no, Dallas is an exciting team to watch, like sure, Heiskanen sure, sure. and yeah. Robertson. Yeah, and, but they're, they're one of those teams that has star players that no oh, one yeah. cares about. Yeah, for no. Some reason. Good for them. I'm just saying that nobody knows who they are and no one's going to watch their next round. We will see you Dallas. If you make the conference finals, which you absolutely should like that's you, you absolutely have to do that. Yeah. And you're right. Um, right now on Botano, the sports book we use on the show Leafs are plus three fifty to make the Stanley cup or to win the Stanley cup. The Edmonton Oilers are plus three seventy five. And then the next best team is the stars, uh, mm-hmm. our stars that we care about so much plus 600 uh, with the Golden Knights. They're right there in that slot. Panthers plus 1,000. So, yeah, that's pretty clear that the Leafs are pretty heavy favorites in this series against, yeah, the Florida Panthers. They should be able to take care of business here. It's right in front of them. Again, people are terrified. People are terrified because this is the joke, right, of every Leaf fan's life is playing the parade, and no one's doing that. Obviously, it's really, really hard to get to a Stanley Cup, but, man, if you were ever going to dream up a scenario of, hey, okay, so Leafs get out of the first round, pick the rest of the teams remaining – I, I genuinely think these would be the exact teams that you would pick to have there. 
Yeah, you know the NHL playoffs is chaos, though, right? Yeah, like, course. I mean, like, who That's knows what's going to happen here? If you here. actually bet plus 350 for the Leafs to win a cup final, like, that is a horrific value I mean, play. We're getting like a crack in Devils final or something this year. Like, it's, do it's just going to be so, it's going to be something totally bizarre. I like this sport, James. Don't have it go completely <laughs> that's what's underwater. Happen. Like, that's, that's, that's gone. That's, that's what's going to happen. It's like the, the Vegas's first year they're in the final against Washington. And, you know, the, the, the final four that year was Winnipeg, Vegas, Islanders. Was it Islanders or Tampa? Tampa, I think it was Tampa, Washington. Like, it's, it, it happens. I remember being a Canucks fan. Remember back when they had those West Coast Express teams with Naslin and Bertuzzi, and they were in their prime. Mm-hmm. They had the huge regular season. And I think Naslin, did Naslin win the heart or he won the Lester Pearson mm-hmm. or whatever? And then they, they get through the first round. Second round, they they get the Wild, and everyone's like, "Oh, it's going to be easy." And the Wild just completely trapped them, and it was it was the worst series ever to watch. I paid, I think I paid one hundred and eighty dollars to go to one of those games, and it was like the worst hockey I've ever seen in my life. And the Canucks lost, and I remember that. I mean, I'm going way back; it was like twenty years ago. But everybody in the city, everybody in the province of BC, was looking past Minnesota, and that's the team they lost to. So I think that that's what you want to guard against. And I know, like the 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 players and and Sheldon Keefe aren't going to look past this team. They know how good Florida is. Think about all the good regular season battles that that the Leafs and Panthers have had the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. A lot of them going to overtime. A lot of big goals that the Panthers have scored. I think if you're Florida, you want this to be a bit of a track meet, and you want there to be a lot of goals. And because I think if it goes down to trying to lock it down they're not going to be able to do that against toronto so they're going to want to win games like they like they did against boston and 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 get the samsonov and win 5-4 i think that that's going to favor florida more than a 2-1 kind of game but i'm looking forward to i think the hockey is going to be great i think there's going to be a lot of drama and i do think this is a six or seven game series for sure yeah i i can't wait for this part of me wonders the about both these sides though where there's a real unquantifiable factor of the Leafs getting the monkey off their back and having that turn into either, hey, are the ghosts gone and do you play your brand of hockey better now? Like, do you start to look like yourselves and just have the takeoff theory that people have, right? Or is there a little bit of just actual fatigue that sets in because emotionally you've been dying for this for seven years and maybe it does get to some of the players' heads and legs. I, I think that you at least have to factor in that possibility. But same thing goes for Florida is... You came back from down 3-1 against Boston, and a lot of people would think, well, they're the hot team, right? They're the hot team that came back, that's playing their best hockey at this right time. Or same thing happens. The adrenaline rush of that wears off a bit, and the feeling of being underdogs and having no chance and nothing to lose, that goes away when you wipe the slate clean and all of a sudden you're playing a team that's better than you uh, starting the next series. So I, I do... I cannot wait to see how that part of this plays out. But you're right. I think that that's pretty clear that Florida wants it to be way, way, way more regular season style looking hockey. And the Mm -hmm. Toronto Maple Leafs are going to try to impose the thing that they did all year long, which is, no, we're going to take away the middle of the ice. We're going to limit high danger scoring opportunities. And we're going to try to win a bunch of games, you know, 3-1, 4-2. We want it to be lower scoring. Uh, James, I can't wait. Either way, it's so great that we get to talk about more of it. Like, that's the best part. That is so good. So good. It's not over. It's not over after the first round. You didn't have, we didn't have to write seven straight years of narrative craft with this Toronto Maple Leafs team. Uh, thanks for I coming tell on you, to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I've been around this team like day to day since I 2007. Know. And like writing, I've written the collapse story so yes. many times. So it's, it's nice to have a different narrative to talk about finally. Yeah. It's very, very nice. It was nice chatting with you today, James Myrtle. Thanks for doing it. <laughs> thanks, JD. See you, pal. Uh, there he goes, the editor. 
of The Athletic, I'm not afraid of cursing anymore. I'm just not. That is the old toxic me. The new me is a confident fan of the team that is favored to win the Stanley Cup. No pressure. Actually, I want to dive into a bunch of best bets because I actually have a bunch and I want to talk about this series and look at a, a few bets. So let's do some Botano. Uh, by the way, uh, three straight wins for the kid. Right cruising, here. just absolutely cruising, dominating. Only one loss last week. Same with the week before. I don't, don't want to hear it right now. The ratio is yeah. looking good. So this, that's how you know I'm not afraid of curses is <laughs> I'm red hot. <laughs> I am just drilling picks right now all <laughs> over the place. I, I had another... Just absolute drill fest for the Blue Jays this weekend. Although I will say that Anthony Bass probably did cost me a little bit. Your favorite Blue Jay. A little bit of money. Oh, God. <laughs> he, came, he came out and I went, I, I, genu- I never cash out bets. And I watched him trotting out and I went, I really should cash this out. And then I didn't. And then I was You're sitting salty. there sour. <laughs> yeah. It was a salty way to start that beautiful Sunday. What a hell of a Sunday, though. Oh, my oh. goodness. The slate was... Yeah. Crazy. It was really, really good. Plus to watch that all with the weight off your shoulder. Like exactly. You were just sitting there watching sports yeah. being like, this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> like every game had stakes. Yeah. I got, I got to admit, it was so good that I, I was throwing on succession. I watched it. I watched it poorly. I watched like a little chunk of succession and then broke it up, went back to overtime with the Bruins game. Mm. And then I went back to succession and then the Kraken were leading and I went, oh, I got to go back to this. I watched Succession in like three chunks and I don't feel like I actually got a flow yeah. of the episode. And because I finished and I went, that episode kind of sucked. <laughs> and I went, yeah, because you watch it in th- 36 pieces. And you have no idea. <laughs> you watch it one minute at a there time. Some good parts. But yeah, I was like, wait, what's happening here? I had to do a lot of rewinding of it, which was not great. I don't yeah. think that was a great viewership experience. <laughs> I probably should have just saved it. But I was terrified of the spoilers. As someone yeah, who has put that spoiler energy out into the universe, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't roll the dice. I couldn't roll the dice. I, I knew that it was uh, I knew that it was a bad move by me. Hey, here's the thing, though. It's rare that succession isn't the best part of your TV watching Sunday. And yeah. here we were. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. I would rank it as Jay's dead last, obviously. Yeah, that was yeah. easy last. Yeah, easy dead last. One has Panthers to be Warriors. Bruins has to be Panthers first. Bruins won. Yeah. Warriors? No, Steph? Warriors. Steph was two. Oh, it was great, yeah. but I, dude, I, again, you want to talk about me ball. hitting on bets. I hit my brother up in the morning and I went, Steph over 32 and a half is lock of the century. That was like, oh. bet that we're betting this through, yeah. like, we're betting that a lot of money on that. And yes, it absolutely hit. That was one of those. That, this is why we watch sports moments. Yeah, it was. One no, of the best players. He just kicked their ass. Oh my god! He absolutely kicked their ass. It was awesome. All right, let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Yeah, three straight wins. Botano Sportsbook. If you want to get set up on Botano, hit me up in the DMs at JD Bunkus, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah, best book in Ontario. Let's go. Sportsnet five ninety. The fan. See, you know the vibes are through the roof because <laughs> I don't hate this song anymore. <laughs> I. Confession time. This song made me sick for a little while. People would play it. Like, it comes on randomly. It'll be on a TV show or something, and it's PTSD. You'd be like, <laughs> like, wake you up out of a dead sleep. <laughs> what happened? Even though it's the positive song, it also feels like the mocking song still, too. Yeah. Now. Just positive. Yeah. Just positive. From here on out. Just be happy. I know. Although, that now to zag a little bit negative as well. <laughs> oh, Fearlessly. No. Leafs do go deep. 
and feels like this song is going to get locked in as their goal song for a much longer time, which I don't want. I, this song mm. is not a good goal song, okay? I was expecting them to change it this year. That's I, what I thought they I were going to do. But and... can we just admit that? Can we just not admit that that is not an elite goal song? Yeah. The best still, Sandstorm. Play that. That is, you play that after a goal, everybody's losing their mind. It's all about no words with the goal song. I'm sorry. You just have to have it. It's just. There's something about like 90s techno. Yes, exactly. 90s techno beats for goal songs. That rude sandstorm. All time hit. All time hit. All right. It's time for Best Bets brought to you by Botano, the 2022 Global Sports Betting Operator of the Year. Again, Three straight picks, a weekend full of just absolute nail jobs. This uh, this book has been very kind to me so far. I've very much enjoyed this book. Anyway, I wanted to run through so far already before I do my best bet. I think I was looking at it. By the way, my brother and I mm-hmm. betting Ilya Samsonov 80 to 1, Con Smythe before the playoffs started. Big update on that. Mm-hmm. Already down in half to 40 to 1. Pretty good. Hot start. Linus Allmark, the favorite. Oops. Nine to one. <laughs> you bet that. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> you're Pasternak was also up there too. Yeah, you're a uh, no, big lo- time no idiot. Longer. Oh my God. Um, okay, so right now, just looking at this, Con Smythe winner. Mm-hmm. McDavid plus 700. Matthews plus 900. Uh, don't really love either of those. But if you do like the Leafs to move on, uh, I would suggest trying to find somebody in the mix there. Um, because yeah, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, like here, I won't be doing Nylander plus 4,900. Tavares is also at 49 as well. Yeah. That's a bit bit of a long shot, but yeah, Marner plus a thousand Matthews plus 900, not seeing a ton of value there. I would recommend jumping on the, uh, the goaltender train with me. That feels more likely. And Morgan Riley, also another one that I, I think would be getting a ton of hype right now. Okay. So right now, 233 options on game one of Panthers Maple Leafs. So you can hit up a Tano. So, so many things to bet on with this series so far. It's why I use the sports book. It's why it's my favorite. Um, again, early payouts. Yeah. Uh, just an awesome, awesome book. But my bet tonight, I actually have two. I'm going to throw two in. That's mm. how hot I am right now. Ah. One, I'm going back to the Jalen Brownwell. He's got three straight games of 30 plus points and he's playing a Sixers team without Joel Embiid down the middle. His over under is at 23 and a half. I just, it's it's too low. Yeah. It's Jalen Brown is the man right now. He is locked in. He's just as good as Tatum. Ride that. Yeah. The other one, Canadian content. Jamal Murray, two straight games with over thirty points, and his point total is shockingly low at twenty four and a half. So I'm taking both of those guys. I'm even gonna maybe parlay them together. Anyways, that was best bets brought to you by Botano Sportsbook. The game starts now. Podcast only part. Go over to the podcast now. Where it can't play this in podcast. It's not coming through on the podcast. Don't worry. This is just for us. Yeah. I... <laughs> <laughs> what a way Austin to start. playing Sandstorm, <laughs> which we don't have the rights. Yeah, gone. Just immediately gone for us. Immediately cut off. It is a banger, That did though. work, though. That did pump me up. Yeah, it is I a will banger. say that that, is, that should be actually the theme song. Our, uh, I've said this before. My theme song sucks. They made me pick it so fast. They went, uh. It's a very good to above average theme song, I think most would say. For a free music. <laughs> anyway, yeah, if you're a musician. It's not bad. And you listen to the show, make me better theme songs. Mm. All right? For God love of God. Somebody reach out. Make one better than that. Make me an original song. You get AI to make it slide. nowadays. Dude, actually, let's, 
now that you said that, <laughs> that AI Drake song slaps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the machines, I warned you all yeah. years ago I was on this. I was freaking out about the AI <laughs> and I was telling everybody who would listen that this was getting out of control and people called me a paranoid weirdo and they were like, why would you ever believe that would happen? Why do you do this? Boom. Here we have it. All of a sudden now, th this is what's so great about it, right? People thought that AI was going to come and it was going to be taking blue collar jobs. Mm. Like they thought, oh no, that people were rude about it. They were like, oh no, who's going to flip the McDonald's? Who's going to take your order at McDonald's? Who's going to drive the trucks, the machines? Oh, who cares? <laughs> and except it's like the most ironic thing happened where it's like, you know who's going first? Drake. The lawyers. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> yeah, like, it could not be a sweeter twist of irony. Do you want to know the craziest thing, though? What? There's an album on my phone of Travis Scott AI, and I'm not going to lie, I've been listening to it all weekend. Yeah, that's Because it's actually, it, but it's Bro, actually you're good. Off, I know, but you're not, you're on the side of the machines. Yeah. I know, it's bad. You are not in my They've foxhole. corrupted me. No, you're a piece of trash for doing that. <laughs> really, I hate you for that. There's but a lot of like I've AI been, movie trailers kicking around too. Have you seen I've these? I've not seen that. I've heard the one song, yeah. but but I like I I really do vehemently disagree with guys doing this because it's it's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. No, I'm on your side about that. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're on my side. Mister has the album. On I do love no, that no. album, though. Uh, yeah. My favorite <laughs> Travis Scott album is not no, one that he made. I get your I get your point. No, but the music is good. That's the worst part. Yep. Resist. I know. I know. I machines. have to. No, you don't. I you literally it. turned your back on humanity immediately <laughs> and went right to the machines. I was raised by AI. I yeah, you were. It's like that guy in the Matrix who's eating that steak and is like, I want to go back in. Yeah. Although it would be good to go back in. <laughs> yeah. I would also. I mean, that's the thing about the Matrix is that he was right. <laughs> everybody that steps out of the Matrix, it's hell. <laughs> I, I, why would you ever? No, exactly. You're just eating gray slop. Duh, yeah. yeah. Like, what a, what a world Neo stepped in. Like, nah, it's all good. Take, what is it? The blue pill puts you back in? Can't like, remember. The blue pill, I'm pretty sure, is like, hey, you go back and everything's yeah, back right. the same. I'd be like, whoop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple. Yeah. Just to make sure this one uh, takes. Got some water. Got some water. And, uh, big hole in the back of my head. Uh, being a machine slave, terrified, quiet, underground is the best life we can hope for. Yeah, plug it back in immediately, please. I'm a coward, obviously. Uh, okay, so yeah, the AI thing is bad. All right, yeah. um, Jobo, I had you. People were like, "Hey, it's going to cost less to go to a game in Florida." Mm -hmm. Then it's going to be to be in Toronto. Yeah. Do we have the ticket prices yet for the Leafs games at home? So I, I was on Ticketmaster and I got put in a queue and it yeah. didn't actually show me the prices. There's a reason why Taylor <laughs> Swift is suing them or whatever. Is yeah. It is rough. Roasting well, I, them publicly. Geez. It put me in a queue and then it just said like ticket prices are like tickets availability is already really low. Um, yeah, so thanks, you may not even see it. I'm like, thanks. Appreciate it. So I haven't I haven't seen the exact prices. I'm going to check again right now. Um, but I saw last night it was projections from Vivid Seats. Who um, they were using like the last ticket prices and the commonly used mm -hmm. round two, so um, yeah. So for the Leafs, if you want like upper bowl in the corner, it's around four oh eight, and then of course if you're going lower bowl around the benches around the sides, it's going to be eight hundred to a thousand, if not more. And then in Florida, the upper bowl corner is around one ninety three, and then lower bowl around the benches around the nets uh, around three thirty to four eighty. Dude, Ticketmaster, so. I saw a stat the other day that I think it was Amy Klobuchar. Mm. Um, 
Because, yes, she's U.S. consumer rights. I think she's the chair. And I saw a stat from her that was Ticketmaster is responsible for 70% of ticket sales in the U.S. They clearly have a monopoly. They're clearly being looked into. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. Like, please, please, for the love of God, free us from the shackles of Ticketmaster <laughs> solo. Because this is a nightmare. Because you know where we are at? We're just defeated. Where everyone, there's a select few who I deem the lunatics, but they're the ones who do get the deals. But then a lot of them are just people who are trying to resale tickets anyway, which mm-hmm. is the worst. But that actually jump on Ticketmaster and even make the attempt because it just feels so helpless when you try to do this stuff for these things. Like, who tries? Yeah, I don't Who even actually know. tries? I never try anymore. But you know when the last time I tried Ticketmaster? Like, to actually, for a real popular event. I'm not talking about run-of-the-mill, oh, okay, you're just trying to get something that is a, like a niche band that you're going to or a Blue Jays game. It's yeah. like, tragically hip. Hmm. Last time I tried this hmm. out of active desperation. But no, you just automatically, like, we're so defeated by this that most people just go, you're waiting for the secondary ticket market and then looking at it and, like, that's the price. Yeah, it's, that The it's original price of the ticket is not even a thought you have anymore. Yeah. That's a fantasy land that you live in, right? I, and the reason why I, like, knew about the Taylor Swift one is because, do you know how much it costs to go sit in the corner of the back of a Taylor Swift concert anywhere in the United States? Fire. Guess. Would you guys like to go around the room and guess? Five hundred. <laughs> you wish. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. You could get it for five hundred dollars. You'd be a rich man the next day if you wanted to sell it. Any like I'm talking about back against the wall, worst seat in the house at a concert in a stadium. So lower than five hundred is what you're getting at. No, two. What are you talking? Yeah. Joe, way oh, higher. We're going Joe. way higher. Joe, two grand. We're going way dart, higher. Dart Joe, cut Joe's mic for 1, a little bit. Fifteen hundred. This is yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the lowest prices that I've seen are around $1,300 backs against the wall in the States. That's before fees. That's like that's in the States. That's to get into Taylor Swift. That's the secondary ticket and price market right wow. now. I know. I don't understand how it's happening. I like Taylor Swift. <laughs> I respect the Swifties. I'm not like all peed about it where you think it's the only way to ever get laid. So you pretend it's the most best thing ever when you're a guy. Right? You're like, oh, I love Taylor Swift. Any guy that's doing that? <laughs> yeah, I know what you're doing, bro. Nice try. Yeah, nice try. So it's t- fine. T- Ticketmaster, I can see the ticket prices now for the Leafs game one. Yeah. Uh, in the top corners, $6.92. Um, this one's $4.12. Not, not as bad. Uh, middle center ice, $8.13 for the upper bowl. That's not, honestly, that's a little better than I thought it was going to be. And lower bowl, um, right behind the penalty box, is $16.87. Because that's a little better than I would have thought. I would straight up pay $400 to sit in the 300s to watch a least playoff yeah. game. I would make the, if you've been waiting this long, I know, I know that's a privilege thing. I know some person's going to hammer me over that. Like, and do you know how much? Yeah, I get it. But first of all, everything's $400 right now. Yeah. Like $400 right now. What is that even in, in two weeks ago's age? <laughs> two <laughs> like, weeks ago's age. It just, it, it's like that, uh, that's actually semi-reasonable. Mm-hmm. But I'm only assuming these are just going to jump up. Like, I wonder how difficult it actually is going to be for Canadian hockey fans to get tickets in Florida mm. and what it is going to look like. Like, 
I, I did look at flights and hotels as well. Like yeah, around, what is that? Basically, give us the, the rough estimate. So last Travel night, planner. per Expedia, so a Delta round trip During the week. By the way, if the there's week, anybody who's not saving you any money on this trip, it's the 22-year-old kid on the show who yep. is from a rich family. And he's just like, <laughs> no, didn't I do actually, any digging. He was like, I, first I, I sorted. I sorted for the Google. cheapest and the most reasonable. Sure. So I'm sure this was extensive research. For Expedia, <laughs> a Delta yeah. round trip for a person during the week is 342. Okay. On the weekend, it'd be about 450. And for hotels, I looked at some of the ones that were close to the actual mm-hmm. arena. Um, 143, 199, yeah, 174. Reasonable. US? Uh, yes, sir. US, yeah. one night, two guests. Yeah. And most of the hotels in the Fort during the week, and then 150 to 250 during the weekend. So pretty much we can conclusively say it's not close. You can go to a Leafs game for much cheaper. <laughs> Subway fare and $400 <laughs> will get you into the arena here. You're if you buy them right now, yeah. And yeah. Wait, that's Ticketmaster or that's secondary market? I'm looking at Ticketmaster right now. But yeah, Ticketmaster has limited. You have to be in the US to buy tickets at game three and four. Yeah. Oh, but wow. I'm saying so there so actually are tickets you can ticket. buy on Ticketmaster right now, or they're verified resales yes. already. Verified resale tickets yeah. already. Okay, so they are secondary ticket market. Yeah. All right. You know what? I'm proud. <laughs> I'm truly proud of Toronto. Like maybe it's because I was looking at those Taylor Swift tickets, so I I can't I can't recalibrate properly, but you tell me if I'm wrong. But like if you're going to go to a regular season game, it costs you at least 120 bucks to basically sit in the the 300s. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that the markup of 3 times to go to a second round playoff series that you haven't been to in 20 years is only 400 bucks. I actually think that's fairly reasonable and i'm sure that those are the worst seats in the house as well they're like against the wall you can almost barely see yeah yeah yeah. they're not standing room only though you have a seat oh yes you have a seat yeah you have a seat you can sit down you have a seat i honestly decent do not do we not agree does anybody think no i I, I, I agree i'm looking at like specific seats in that section too like some of them are randomly like 850 yeah 870 a thousand and there's hmm. some that are closer to 500. So I would have guessed way higher. Again, just guessing the demand That's of Leaf up fans. That's in the corner, though. Yeah, yeah, it's trash. It's a bad seat. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying you get to be in the building. That's true. That's fair. Which is all you really want, yeah. right? That's what I would want. Mm-hmm. I would kill to go one of these games. I have to do Leafs Talk immediately after. The biggest blow for Leafs Talk. Thank you to everybody that's subscribed and reviewed. Do the same for this podcast. If you're listening, leave mm-hmm. a review. Uh, uh, five stars, uh, iTunes, or on Spotify. But the worst part, by far is not getting to go to any of these games. Devastating. Just do Leafs talk from the hallway. I, I've, I, I've thought <laughs> about it. it. <laughs> yeah, I've thought about it. I really have. Would that not I've be electric, though? Trip. Do it from Maple Problem Square? Problem is, it would be really, really tough. No, not from Maple <laughs> Square. No, I know, I know. Again, that reporter, I wish you could play it. Yeah. That reporter trying to go up to those kids in blue face. Don't like, apologize to me. What? <laughs> well, no, that's, that's what he, he said, said to yeah. the kid after. It was so funny. JD's face that guy, for a second, I was like, oh No, that guy, the reporter, I mean. Yeah horrifically embarrassing first of all buddy yeah. you're doing streeters okay that's what they send the interns to do <laughs> that's the intern that's job what they send guys like me and to you're do. down there pretending like you're peter mansbridge <laughs> uh, okay i don't anybody do any bad stuff all right here's a teenager in blue face paint drunk and leaning over a banister <laughs> 
What do you have to say? The kid is blackout. <laughs> oh, he is crippled. He's he is. so drunk. He's leaning over that barricade like, first of all. <laughs> well, you can tell how drunk he is when he's focusing so no. hard on the reporter's face. No, he's like really so trying to sour. listen to him. If you him. haven't seen the video, I have it up on my Instagram. So go watch it there. It's in my Instagram story at JD Bunkus. All right. Pretty uh, funny. In related news, MLSC expanding the tailgate in Maple Leaf Square for fans. There's going to be an even bigger section yeah. for fans to go down Good. and watch. Yeah, as they should. Hundred percent. Yeah, awesome. I, they should be completely blowing that out. I wonder what the other viewing party is going to be like. Damn, this again. I wish I could do this so badly. Hey, <laughs> I'm so jealous of everybody that gets to go have fun. Uh, I love this so much. I love the fun part. Can't you do streeters on? Um, yeah, I should. I should replace that guy. Actually, I should replace that guy. I wouldn't cry like a little baby when a teenager swears. <laughs> It's like <laughs> after seeing a playoff win for the I, first time I in his life. I can't believe that kid. Let me down. <laughs> he swore my newscast. Okay, so what do we got here? We I'm going to call Jackie bit. Redmond in a few minutes and actually actually call Jackie now. You got Jackie's number? Yeah, call Jackie. Get her on. We'll talk to Jackie because she was actually hmm. down there at Amelie Arena when the Blue Jay or with the Maple Leafs. I don't know what's going on. There. <laughs> what's going on up there? Crossed up brain. Yeah, with the yeah. Maple Leafs busted up the curse. But quickly, before we do that, all right, we got any more thoughts on that? What do you guys want to talk about from Game we, 7? We did weekend? have a bunch of... Uh... You guys were way more horned up about the Warriors game. I know Simon was. I was, yeah. yeah. I loved that yeah. game. Yeah. I absolutely Take it away, Simon. <laughs> I was sad because was Mike Kangs. I knew it. I just yeah. knew it. Yeah. But it was it was one of those like I was cheering for the Kings for most of the series, and then that was just one of those like we are watching one of the best players. At, like Clay had nothing. Steph comes up fifty cool did nothing. most ever in a game seven. I it had was a just lot one of those electric Clay thoughts there. Yeah, it was rough, and like yeah, it, he Steph doesn't even like to do those like heavy volume shooting games. Yeah, and he was like, well, I guess I got to win this. No, I okay the heavy volume shooting game. I don't think he wanted to do in a non elimination game. Right, but, but I just mean even in general. Like it was clear that like even yeah, how Kerr no. was like subbing him out and stuff. He was yeah. like he was like everybody was like, oh, Steph's gonna nasty. have to do this. No, he and he was, and he just dominated that game. He just picked them apart completely. Just, but that's why I loved. That's why why I loved the Warriors in that game. I just went. Mm. There's just no way you're gonna tell me Steph's gonna be denied. Yeah. I will say this. What I can't wait to do maybe later because well, Jackie's here, so mm-hmm. we'll talk to Jackie. But I keep thinking about who this Warriors Lakers series is bigger for LeBron or Steph. Mm. And I've gone back and forth on it like 35 times. Mm, that's Steph actually a really has two good question. chips against him, right? Yeah. LeBron has the one way bigger chip. Yeah. No questions asked monster chip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, that's actually a really good question. I didn't even think about it. Who, who, what's bigger for the legacy? It's, it's, it's big. I think, I think in a weird way, LeBron has the most to gain. Because he yeah. could still end up with a championship where it's his fifth. Uh-huh. But, oh, man, if Steph could just beat LeBron one-on-one. If Curry goes all the way I and gets, like, I think he's able to just kind of enter five. the echelon with LeBron a little bit more. Anyways, yeah. we'll discuss that one later, and we'll do some other things. Jackie Ribbon's on the line. She just got off a plane. She's, like, hustling around an airport, probably a little sweaty. What's up, Jackie? <laughs> okay, first of all, not sweaty. Yeah. Hustling, yes. No, but you're a little sweaty. I'm, just I'm good. It. Just admit it. It's fine. <laughs> It's no, natural. never, never. <laughs> uh, here live, uh, gross Jackie Redmond. <laughs> uh, how dare you? Yeah, I'm hanging I, up. Yeah, that's okay. So, yeah, you're flying around. You just saw, what a couple of days for you, huh? Whirlwind, you were, you saw the Leafs essentially break the 19-year first-round curse, and then yep. you get on a plane immediately afterwards, 
and head to Boston, where you assume you're going to see the Bruins beat the Panthers and set up for what's going to be Bruins Leafs and the ghost face off again, blah, 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 blah. And no, the cats, the cardiac cats, <laughs> they come back. Jeremy Swayman lets in all the goals, stinks. Their coach buries the goalie coach and says it wasn't his decision that he doesn't think it. Oh, you got to ask a Cessna who's getting all the credit in the world, by the way, in the pregame. If you watch the broadcast, it was all man. Cessna made all these goalies. He's amazing. And then afterwards, old Jimmy was just burying his guy, basically saying he had nothing to do with the Swayman decision. Um, where do you want to start? Because obviously the least one was more exciting, but which was more shocking? Oh, I think Boston losing yeah. was more shocking. They were 60 seconds away yeah. in that game from advancing to the second round. Losers. They had a 3-1 series lead. I mean, Florida's better than an eight seed, and I think uh. people lose that in this. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> no excuses. That is a collapse of, of epic proportions for Boston, and they know it. Yeah. I was around the team afterwards. Like, they were not what you're used to seeing from the Boston Bruins. Like, they were absolutely crushed. Oh yeah, that they let that get away, and they should they should nice. feel that way. Tell us more about that yeah. exactly. Give us the details. Who cried? <laughs> How many of them cried? Who was the biggest crybaby? Like, keep going. Well, Give the people be, what they want. To be fair, I I wasn't in the room because I had a bunch of you could just hear you know, them working. wailing outside the walls. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you know what was <laughs> what was telling was like the whole game. Boston was so loose, right? Like the TNT green room was right outside their locker room. Every intermission, like I saw them, I was like, oh, even though they're not playing well tonight and you can tell that they're, you know, they're gripping their sticks and they're playing tight. They were so loose between periods. Mm -hmm. They seemed so confident all the way through the game. Even though they weren't playing well, I was like, oh, Boston's going to win this. Look at these guys. Mm -hmm. They're so confident. They're so like, they are not worried. They're not overwhelmed. And then, they lose it with a minute to go. Well, not lose it, but, you know, let it get away from them with 60 seconds left in regulation. So the, the big thing for me was Patrice Bergeron at the end of the game, you know, going for the extra lap, right? They do the stick salute. He waits, goes back for an extra lap on the ice. He's clearly emotional. And then he hugs every single person oh, yeah. as they're getting off the ice. Like, we don't know if this is his last game, but oh, if yeah. I had to guess based on what I saw, it's absolutely his last game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that was the, that was the biggest emotional uh, touch point from last night for sure. Mm. I respect Patrice Bergeron a lot. I really do. Everybody does. But, yeah, it's safe fini. <laughs> All right, buddy? By, <laughs> by the way, by yeah. the way, I've seen some, some pretty crazy takes out there that, Seattle beating Colorado is is a bigger upset than than Florida beating Boston. No, uh, incorrect. Yeah, that is course. not true. <laughs> that no. is absolutely insanity to to say. Who do you Seattle's follow? Like, who year. do you read? You're such a like. Jackie is actually the worst. I'm I'm exposing you not only for the sweat that is you know just pouring off of oh, you right now, <laughs> but also for just you are the queen of like. Actually, no, you're not the worst. I have one other person that is like you, where it's like. You'll see a million tweets, people like you on Twitter, whatever, and then it'll be like the one person that writes the bad one, and you're like, look, I saw someone say the avalanche thing was the biggest choke. It's like, no, that's not the consensus. No, no. this was was a a main person on the radio. That's all I will say. I don't want to bury them. I just disagree. Bury them. them. Bury them. Just say. Say who it was. Was it here? No. 
I'm not doing it. Uh, I'm not saying it. I'm just saying that I disagree. Yeah, yeah Jackie, it's, this is the private. This is the private portion. I'll, of the I'll show. bleep it out. Yeah, bleep it out. Awesome. Will you bleep it out? Yeah. I'll bleep out the name. Yeah. All right. Say it, Jackie. Say the name of the and, person. And by the way, to be fair to that person, they're not the only person that has said it, but they're oh. the most probably established. All right. Fine. Anyways, fine. doesn't matter. The point is, I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people wrote Seattle off this year because because they're Seattle. They're an expansion team. They're mm-hmm. out west. They play really late. I covered Seattle with TNT. I worked with Eddie O, so I was constantly talking about them and asking questions about them and, like, they didn't get great goaltending all year, but they're getting good enough goaltending to win now, and they've always been able to score. So mm-hmm. I'm not surprised by Seattle at all, I especially love when Colorado is not at all the team that they were last year, and they're, they, they're injured. So um, that one's not as big of a shock to me at all. I'm 100% rooting for the Kraken against the Stars. I will feel a little torn if they face Edmonton and Toronto's still in it. If Toronto's out, I'll be rooting for the Kraken. And just chaos and who cares because I won't care anymore. I'll be locked <laughs> yeah. into basketball at that point in the Blue Jays season. But my God, it's hard not to fantasize about Leafs Oilers just breaking the perfect way for these two teams and a Stanley Cup that could potentially save Canada as we know it. Canada would be all the way back with this. <laughs> we might even get Jackie Redman back. <laughs> we might even get Jackie back in the country. Like, if I go down that way, might be able to reclaim Jackie Redman back from the States, back from New Jersey of all places. Like, come on, Jackie. We, we, it can happen. Okay, so you're at the Leafs game, right? Because, yeah, Boston, you saw yeah. them all cry. <laughs> Good. You felt their <laughs> just complete despair. Uh, yeah, I you, you rocked the pink pants, which I thought were very, very good. Very good choice for that game. Electric choice for that Thank game. You. Very, very good. Uh, so, yeah, Panthers, uh, we'll get into some of the, you know, your thoughts as a Leaf fan. But let's kind of do that, okay? So, you're, you're, you're obviously a pro, okay? And you do your job extremely well. That's obvious. That's obvious. That's obvious. But you are a London girl. You are a Leaf fan at heart. And I texted you before that game that that was an impossible position for you to be in where you have to do the job and completely compartmentalize everything and just watch that through semi-rational eyes as the Leafs are... Because let's, let's admit it, you had all the bad Leaf fan feelings in your heart, in your, in your stomach going into that game, right? <laughs> well, especially when it went to overtime. Yeah. Yes, I was like, oh, okay, Here let's get ready for game seven. I am, I am a, a classic Leaf fan who has lived a life full of traumatic experiences. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, of course, never really fully let myself be like, okay, they got this, mm-hmm. even though... I think that was the best game of the series. I thought game six was, was the tightest, closest game. And, you know, I think there's been there's been so much talk about, oh, well, you know, Tampa outplayed them for the majority of the series, and should we be concerned about that for Toronto? And earlier in the series, I might have said yes, but I've, I've as you would say, I've zagged. Mm-hmm. I have changed my opinion on that. Same. Just based on, just based on game six alone. Game six was a freaking battle for the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they battled it out. And, and they never backed down. They fought the whole way through, and they got the win in the end. And I think that game showed me more than the rest of the, the series in its entirety. For me, game six was where I went, okay. And it's not just because they won. It's because of the way that they just, like, fought through it. Because Tampa played really, really well in game six and weren't able to get it. And I just thought the Leafs were up to the task. And I think the fact that this series went the way that it did, that there was ups and there was downs and there was lineup changes and there was seven and 11 and there was the four, one comeback. Mm-hmm. I think all of that in the end makes the Leafs so much stronger moving forward because I'm not sure 
and, and I love the Panthers. The Panthers are going to be feisty as hell. It's going to be very entertaining. But I, I just think, like, how much tougher can it be than what they just did? The Leafs didn't play well. They dealt with the suspension. They had all these things going on. They got outplayed in multiple games and found a way to win. It's like they faced so much adversity in, in the first round, I guess is what I'm saying, that I think now it's like compared to that, it's like, okay, we've proven that we can fight through things. We can fight through not playing well. We can fight through a suspension to a, to a key player, regardless of how you feel about, you know, his emotional tendencies on the ice, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I actually feel really good about the Leafs moving forward. But, yes, going into that game, I, of course, was like, absolutely, we are going to game seven. Yeah, it's it's a really well put. I did the exact same zag because when you're in the moment, right, and you are a beaten down Leafs fan and observer, that is the lens in which you look at things is usually through the, oh, crap, they're blowing it lens, right? Oh, crap, I'm kind of insulating myself just a little bit. I'm protecting myself just a little bit with some of these takes. I'm ready to rip these dudes. I'm ready to have all the takes ready to fire if they do choke this or if they do lose this, which felt inevitable after they lost game five and when Tampa tied it in game six. But looking back now, this is just this is just real. Looking back, if you're a Leafs fan, look Samsonov outplayed who one of the best goalies who ever lived in Vasilevsky. There's just no question. They got a goalie who gave them a bunch of big saves and kept them around a bunch of playoff games. Morgan Riley was in on game winning goals, game tying goals, and series winning assists. Okay? Was their best defenseman, no question about it. Mitch Marner, I think, finished with eleven points in six games. Austin Matthews had five goals in six games. Right, Tavares scored a game, a series-winning goal in overtime. Like Ryan O'Reilly provided them with exactly what every single Leaf fan had hoped, including a game-tying goal on the road when they were down in Game Three. Nolachari had something stupid like sixty-plus hits <laughs> over the course of that series. You know, Luke Shen <laughs> gave them everything that you ever hoped for from Luke Shen. What? Look back on it. Just look back on everything now and say to yourself, "Holy crap, that was still Tampa Bay." And the Leafs did all of those different things. Man, it's it's really hard to be too upset with stuff or not feel a little optimistic about what's going to happen here in the future. So you're right. But okay, you're down there and you get to see those Leafs players. What what was it like for them? Because they obviously, like we get a couple of clips of dudes celebrating like Matthews hugging his parents and there's clearly a sense of relief from those guys. But what was the vibe to you? Um, I would say excitement more so like obviously they were relieved especially the guys that have been there forever and they even like I really appreciated that Austin Matthews didn't do like the typical PR thing after and just yeah, be like well it's just, you know it's one series it's this I I really respect and appreciate that he was like absolutely this is a monkey off our back like that is the terminology that he used and I have a lot of respect for that own it it has been hard you have failed multiple times in a row in the first round you're allowed to for a moment for a night feel relieved and admit that you felt pressure we are human beings so a plus to Austin Matthews for approaching his interviews that way I, had, I have a lot of time for that. Um, but, yeah, I would say outside of that, which I think is obvious, I think they were excited. They seemed really pumped. And I really believe that Ryan – like, to me, Kyle Dubas' fingerprints are, are all over this with the things that he did at the oh, deadline. Yeah. I mean, you outlined it you outlined it beautifully. But, like, I've been in the Leafs room before, right? I've, I was in the Leafs room before the deadline. And – now, to be fair, <laughs> before the game, there was only a couple of players left in the room. But there was just a different air about the Leafs this time. And I think it's the presence of guys like Ryan O'Reilly, who is so relaxed all the time. 
it just like rubs off on everybody else in that intangible way that affects everyone. And, and I'm glad that they enjoyed it. I think they're excited. I think they feel good about um, the challenge in front of them now. And I think I'm excited to see if this theory, this theory that we've had for years, that if they could just get out of the first round, they're just going to like skyrocket to the final. I, uh, I'm excited to see if that carries any weight here. And if, if they do bring in some momentum, because Florida, like we talk about, oh my gosh, the monkeys off the back, the Leafs finally get out of the first round. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to come into the next round with so much confidence. But isn't Florida? They just beat the best regular season team in the history of the game. They did it on a, on a, tying goal in the final minute and then an overtime victory they were down 3-1 they've got someone in net who despite what you think about Bobrovsky the last handful of years Mm -hmm. he's he's a two-time Vesna Trophy winner the guy can keep you in games he might let in two three goals but like he doesn't let in that he will let in the backbreaker sometimes. I was going to say, he let in the backbreaker in that very <laughs> game. <laughs> Jack, yes, don't try I to do, gaslight I the do. people of this show into thinking Bobrovsky is know, like from 20 years ago when he was the Columbus regular season goal. He's an old bag of bones who lets I in a backbreaker you know every series. Jackets. <laughs> yeah, like, I love the blue jackets yeah, back in the day. Yeah. I had my blue jackets uh, glasses on there yeah. for a second. I was like, wait, yeah. hang on a second. Yeah, don't worry, we'll cut that. Too far with your hyperbole. But I guess what I'm saying is that like, to, and, and I believe this, and, and obviously Paul Maurice is going to say this, but mm-hmm. like him going to Bob in Game 5 was the difference in mm-hmm. that series. It changed everything. He made a lot of saves, and he made a key save on Brad Marchand in the dying population. And I, I think it changed the entire complexion of that series for the Florida Panthers. And so for me, it's like, yes, the Leafs are going to go in with a lot of swagger, but so are the Florida Panthers. So yeah. I, I think it's going to be super fun. And I, I don't I don't know what to expect. I wouldn't be surprised if the Leafs just totally – I also wouldn't be surprised if it was full of drama and, and no stuff. Yeah, I, I'm just embracing full swagger being a jerk about it because <laughs> it's very rare that you get to do that if you are a Leafs fan. And I just think they're going to beat yeah. the brakes off them. I just really do. I think it's like, cool, Florida, good story. They'll probably hang around some games. I don't think it's going to just be some complete beatdown because it's playoff hockey, right? This isn't going to be, oh, Leafs won 4 nothing every single game, duh. But right. I, I, I would be pretty surprised if it ended up in a game seven. I, I just, I would. I think that Toronto's going to beat them before that. I think You're they're the better team. You're not worried at all. You're I'm not, worried, of course. You don't think at all that a team that we just watched battle back from 3-1 against the yeah. Boston Bruins, of, of all people, yeah. is going to, they, they are going to fight so hard in this series. We'll I, don't know, I don't know. I don't or, know. I don't know. Or, I guess they will. Or, that was their moment. They had, like, that was their adrenaline push. Their belief was against Boston. And then the slate is clean against Toronto, and it's just not the same. It's just not the same. No, like, I no just, chance. Yeah. No chance. Ever since, ever since uh, 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 Matthew Kachuk's dad called them soft publicly yeah. on public radio, yeah, he did. they are on a mission to prove that they are anything but soft. Yeah. So I, I don't think with Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett on that team, I don't think you are going to have a, a, a team. Those guys are not going to allow that team to take their foot off the gas and be like, well, yeah, those guys are good. Fun, you Th- know, those guys are good. They have three absolute, actually four absolute stud forwards. Right. And those two guys are a part mm-hmm. of that mix. And yeah, I, I actually think the, the, here's the thing. The basic take is Leaf fans are going to hate Kachuk. 
the true watching the series take is Leaf fans are going to hate Sam Bennett, right? Like that's the actual, that's the actual guy is Kachuk is the face and Sam Bennett is the reality of who Leaf fans are going to be driven absolutely insane by probably both, but Sam Bennett going to be a different degree of crazy. Yeah. They're playing hard. It's just to me, man, uh, we have to at least acknowledge that part of this comeback, Boston's goalie, their stud guy for the entire year, wasn't at 100% and clearly got his confidence completely knocked in the series. And they got put into a tizzy with their goaltenders where it was he couldn't keep the puck out of the net so to the point where they had to put Jeremy Swayman in ice cold for a game seven. Like, yikes. And guess what? Swayman broke their backs. That final goal that Florida scores, great. That should be a save a million times out of a million. That is a softy. That is so bad. Swayman in the post game, I saw that too. I'm sure you were there for it, where he's going, I owed them one more save. I went, yes, you did. You're actually not overstating how big of a loser you are. You should have made a save, man. Like, yeah, they could have closed that series out and made it so that you didn't have to be there. But also, you stunk. Your goalies were bad. Bergeron got hurt the last game of the season. They were beat up. Krejci was hurt. He wasn't 100%. The Bruins were an old team that pushed for regular season success, and they completely broke down come playoff series time. They just they weren't the same Bruins that we saw all year. They had moments and flashes where they could kind of look like them, but Florida, part of the comeback was that they beat down a team that was not the big bad Bruins of the regular season. I'm sorry. It just, okay. It's facts. I, listen, I, I don't disagree. Yeah. I, have, I have two things to say in response to that. Yeah. Obviously, Slayman was in an impossible situation. I know, but that no matter how you shave it. Oh, my God. Yes, I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm not disagreeing. But the yeah. Bruins, and, and a lot of the reasons they were this way is, is because of some of what you just said. But, like, they were making some insanely atrocious turnovers Big in time. this series. And, like, they were putting their goaltenders in some tough spots. And last night, like, they had odd man rushes where they were making just uncharacteristically bad passes and ruining opportunities for themselves, not managing the puck well, making guys like Bergeron making bad decisions with the puck and all of that. So, like, I'm not going to put it all on the goaltender. Oh, it's absolutely not. It's absolutely not all on him. They broke down in a lot of ways. Now, you outline all the reasons, right? They're old. They're injured. You know, I mean, Bergeron got hurt at the end of the year. Omar got hurt at the end of the year. Not the same big bad Bruins. But can't you say the same about the Tampa Bay Lightning, the team that the Leafs just came off beating, also banged up, missing a top four defenseman, didn't play Hedman in game number two. Not the same Tampa Bay Lightning that went to three Stanley Cup What's final. happening here, deep, you hater? Like, what are healthy. you doing right now? I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. <laughs> Trying to diminish our being... success as a no. city? No. Yeah. No. I am just, I am trying to to take the point that yeah. you used against Florida and mm-hmm. tell you that you could make the same argument against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think the Leafs are a country mile better of a team top to bottom than the Florida Panthers in terms of their talent. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that if you're going to take away from Florida's victory over the Bruins because of the reason you outlined, then you have to do the same for Toronto because there was a lot of similarities. Mm, except for Boston was the best regular season team we've ever seen. And Tampa yeah, was actually yeah. a diminished version of themselves that people thought Toronto was going to walk all over. And yeah, they lost Chernak in the series, but I don't think that's nearly as impactful as Bergeron having to come back clearly injured late in the series. Same with Krejci, two of their most important guys this year, where neither of them was Chernak like. Is, Chernak is more important to the Bolts than people give credit sure. because he doesn't. He's not flashy. He's mm-hmm. a guy that that shuts it down. McDonough, of course, obviously, but he's been gone all year, so you can't use yeah. that as an excuse. 
But yeah. Chernak is someone like in the four one game is going to play a lot of minutes no to doubt. protect that lead. You're and right. they didn't have that option, right? No, you're dead. You're dead right. I just I really do think that. Over the course of the entire regular season, the Leafs are better than the Panthers. The Panthers did have those really bad slides where the team was underperforming to the fact like no Leaf dad yeah. had to come on the radio and say this team has no <laughs> guts because they never lost any games back to back. Right. It was the very beginning of the yeah. season. And then they basically normalized and regular. Uh, yeah. Found their level. I just watching a lot of that series. There were the, actually the game that the Panthers pulled out. I think it was game six. The overtime one. That was the game where Panthers was a game five. Yeah. Okay. Game five where the Panthers. Game yeah, five. you're right. It was game five because the Panthers just got their asses kicked and they found a way to yeah. steal that game. That one was where I went, Oh boy, this is scary. Cause it feels like Boston really had to push themselves in that game to win it. And we're really, 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 really trying to close that out. And all of a sudden the cats had life. It just felt like the later the series went, the more legs that the cats had. And I don't know if that's going to be the same way against the Leafs. Like the Leafs are pretty fresh. They're coming out of this thing where people are talking about maybe Giordano not being at 100%. That's it. Like who else is on the Leafs injury report? Who else is beat up from the Leafs? Uh, well, Ryan O'Reilly in his hand. I think he's got. I think he's got broken fingers. It's pretty clear. Like he's wearing a splint. And so, yeah, why else would he be wearing that unless his hand was broken again? Plus the rate of re-injury. I said it when that injury happened is extremely, extremely, extremely high. So. Um, basically outside of that though, they look fresh. They look good. And even guys like Michael Bunting yeah. who are in their top six got time off. How are you feeling? Just like, has it settled? Cause I, I was saying off the top of the show for me, like waking up the next day, it was probably different for you because you had to hustle and you had to work and you, it's just like all packed into one thing. But like, I'm looking forward to this leaf series in a way that I hadn't looked forward to Maple Leafs hockey games in a really long time. And I really did appreciate the 48 hours of just kind of feeling relaxed and getting to text and call family members and friends with some feelings of joy, you know, and like your dad, obviously you and him have a deep connection off of that hockey team. I know he's a diehard fan. Just give me a little bit of the, the fan Jackie of the last 48 hours. All right. That's n- not the Jackie who just spits on the Leafs victory by saying, oh, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> that's not what I was trying kidding. to do. I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to, I, I'm trying to temper yeah. things because like we've learned over and over again, covering sports, that uh-huh. like there's a reason they play the games. Right. Yeah. So like, I do think the Leafs, I'm, I, if I'm taking, if I'm making a pick in the series, I'm taking the Leafs over the Panthers. Let's not get it twisted think they're the better team. I, I think that they have a very, very, very good chance of going on a run here and, mm-hmm. and being in the, in, in the final, like the, the path is, is it's right there. Good. The right? It's have there for up. them. But guess what? They've had good paths before. I mean, that's mm-hmm. all we talked about in the all North Canadian, whatever division. Yeah, I know. That's, right? the, that's, that's the one that stings so well. looking so back like, on. Yeah. A hundred percent. But um, to answer your question, just about the last 24 hours, you're right. I haven't had a, a ton of time to process it, but there was one conversation in my family's group chat, which includes my dad and my sister, who is also yeah, a dad. diehard stress case when it comes to yeah. like. I think I've seen woman, screenshots of your sister's woman. takes in the group. She she runs hot. <laughs> your sister runs hot yeah, in the she, in the family group she, chat. Um, yeah, she. Uh, give me one second, actually. Can you? Look? Sorry, I'm just in my car getting to work. Yeah. I'm actually going to get you to take me to the building on that side of the parking lot. If that's okay. It's a one way though. So you have to kind of go around. Nice. We'll edit this out. Sorry. Don't My bad guys. No, <laughs> I know we're live here. But, <laughs> no. um, 
and she, and she she comes in to the group chat the day after the victory. So we've already exchanged the like, oh, it's over, the curse is lifted, like all of that has already happened. Yeah. So now time has passed. We we've slept on it, etc. Um. You have to kind of go around and back it, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a Yo, do your job, driver. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. They'd already be there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jobo would be to, so much guys, better than this guy. Yeah, you got to go out and around. Oh, my God. Yeah. How many times so does he need to explain to you? Okay. So, anyways, the next day, my sister goes into the group chat, and she's just like, this might sound crazy because, like, I'm not a player on the team. I'm not a part of this franchise at ever, at all. She was, but I feel like a weight has been lifted off of me. Yes. Like, I feel like a lighter human being, she said. And I connected with that. Yep, to the left. You're going to go, you're literally just <laughs> looping around and going back in and then taking me to the building on the right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, so I, I connect with that, and I think a lot of Leafs fans, connect with that and it's just a, a great illustration i think of of how connected we are to our teams as sports fans and how even though it's not us in those positions like we wear that stress we wear that heartbreak we wear the failure right here yep we wear that failure like it's our own like we're the ones that failed and so i think a lot of leafs fans feel that lightness feel that that um i don't want to say relaxation but that that feeling that you described of like coming into a new series and being excited and not feeling stressed out about it and just looking forward to enjoying whatever is in store next. 100%. And I felt it. I was standing outside the bar and I, yeah, after I did Leafs talk, I was just standing out there wrapping up my night and I just felt relaxed. Like I, I felt like I took a muscle relaxant. I went, oh man, yeah. I feel loose. I feel good. I can't believe I don't have to carry the stress of this hockey team going into a game seven in the first round again that I just get to kind of enjoy my night, see the people in the streets yelling at each other, pointing out, saw a kid in a Matt Martin jersey. I was pretty stoked about that. I thought that was a pretty sweet jersey because I thought it was an Alex Kerfoot, right? Because they were 15, so yeah. I spotted it out, and I went, there's no way. Um, yeah, that was a great feeling, and that's why it's just great for Leaf fans to now be able to watch these games in the second round and go, I'm excited for this rather than dreading this. So your sister's right. People did wear it. And that's why it was so great that they got this thing done. I went and did this off the top. There was an existential crisis that was not cute anymore. It was horrific where people were blaming themselves and questioning their own sanity and why they invest time into this. And something that is supposed to bring you joy, connection, a little levity and a distraction became something that was, yeah, like borderline bad for you. If not, not borderline, you know? So I'm happy for your sister. I'm happy for your family. I'm happy for your dad. And yeah, uh, send me some screenshots of the good stuff in the family group chat, please. Thank you. All right, Jackie, I'll let you go. Uh, I think that guy delivered you safely to whatever destination you're doing. Do you have we, any? Are you, we made it. Are you locked in to Toronto? So I don't know my schedule yet. Okay. I'm. Pr I'm. Pr I will find out obviously in like the next 24 hours. Yep. But basically, I stay local during the week, so I'll mm. probably do. Rangers or Devils, whoever whoever gets through. And then on the weekends, I travel. So I'm hoping that I'll get to do uh, more Toronto, but we'll see. That's TBD. Yeah, all right. I hope so, too. It'd be great to see you. And then hopefully Jobo can drive you around at some point uh, again during the series. All right, Jackie Redman. Yeah, uh, I love that. We'll see you later. Thanks for doing this. 
See you guys. Sorry about the uh, parking lot chaos. Yeah, you should be. Yeah, it was horrific. Uh, see you, Jackie. Uh, there she goes, Jackie Redman. Um, that's it. That's how I want to close, actually. Mm. It's just the feeling of not self-loathing. Feeling of relaxation. It'll ramp up again. You'll feel it. It'll be tense. Leafs are down 2-1 in a series to the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. But, God, at least that part is over. At least the first round BS is done. The, oh. the excitement of these games now, it's different. It's different because you've already gotten over the first round. So, like, the feel, like the stress and anxiety of watching it isn't accompanied with, like, that pit in your stomach of, like, oh, no, this is going to happen again. Yeah. It's more the, like... The happen again part. That's yeah, it. It's yeah, like, that's yeah, it. That's know, exactly. The happen again is not, is not yes. tethered. To the second round. Yeah. It's a completing feeling of it's a fresh sense of anxiety. (laughs) But it's yeah, it's gonna be completely different. I'm telling you. This is actually weirdly the the seas have parted, whatever. They obviously have an opportunity to do this. No one's counting them in there. But yeah, this is not gonna feel like the same dread of a first round. There's Mm -hmm. clearly something I was gonna say, there's something different about playing a second round than the first round. Yeah, duh. <laughs> but I just mean, especially for this fan base, more so than any other. Anyways, let's wrap that up. Subscribe to this podcast, leave five stars, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Setting up the first game of the series. What do we do now? Yeah, I love that, Ralphie. Way to go. What a great, what a great call he had. Ralphie, nail job. Anyways, we'll see you tomorrow. Setting up game one.